Hey there, this is Vic Mignogna, Captain James T. Kirk from Star Trek Continues, and you're listening to the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. little show this side of the alpha quadrant it's the trek geeks podcast welcome everyone i'm your co-host bill smith and joining me as he does every single episode he loves all forms of jazz except dixieland of course because you can't dance to it he's the computer computer generated dan davidson dan welcome aboard that um you can dance to dixieland if you really try i really it's sort of like you know doing the intro without screwing it up every once in a while something's gonna happen well wow <laughs> welcome buddy how you doing i'm good i'm doing great thanks i, I gotta apologize up front i have got another horrid cold that i got coming back from disney so my voice is quite raspy yes yes it is it's, uh, yes. we'll do our best to try to not make you laugh which i'm sure will not happen in the course of doing this podcast at all today not at all so uh so how was disney Disney was fantastic, uh, as always. We go down there quite a bit. Um, it was one of those adult-only trips, so it was just uh, uh, myself, my wife, my sister, brother, their significant others, and my parents, and we just we chilled, which is one of the first times we've actually done that. We didn't worry about running to every ride at every park and getting everywhere we wanted to go. We just hung out and had a great time. It was It was a lot of fun. It sounds like it was a great time. I know you were representing Trek Geeks while you were down there. You... You sent back some great photos of you and your wife and your shirts. We got uh, a lot of comments about them, too. Uh, a lot of people made comments about them, asked what that actually was. So I was I was plugging the website as much as I could. It was a lot of fun. Well, you know, that's just like you working even when you're on vacation. And we appreciate it, sir. Trek Geeks is not working, sir. It is fun <laughs> in a bottle. We do have truly an inordinate amount of fun when we do this. It's I don't know who let us do this or why it's legal, but we have great times doing these podcasts, and we hope everybody enjoys them. Agreed. That's all I can say. Agreed. So uh, we're looking at a very geekful episode of the podcast today. Um, no interviews, just Dan and me, um, just sort of talking stuff out. And Dan, one of the first things I wanted to bring up today was, uh, well, Simon Pegg kind of made the news this week. Um, he was talking about Star Trek Beyond, which I guess really is the title of that movie. And although I'm not mm-hmm. fond of it, um, he had some things to say. Um, you know, there was an article on io9 that was, you know, also in, appearing in many other places um, where Simon kind of talked about, you know, whether or not the, the love of science fiction was making us childish. He talked about how the studio said that they were concerned that the new Star Trek film was a little too, quote, Star Trekky, end mm-hmm. quote. And then he followed that up sort of with a uh, with a clarification on his own website. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. I'll get to mine, I'm sure, after you have yours. But you know, when, when you initially read those stories, what went through your mind? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I will say that I stopped myself from reading all of the comments and all of the article. And the reason I did is this. Um, he started talking about other movies, uh, superhero movies, uh, science fiction movies, and he brought up some things in Avengers 2. I have not had the opportunity to see The Age of Ultron yet, and I didn't want to see any spoilers that he might have put in there inadvertently or advertently, so I kind of shied away from finishing the article. But um, I, it, this is a good example of the way that today's social media can catch a snippet and run with it like crazy, um, whether the snippet that's used – is taken in context or not is something that has always troubled me with social media. Uh, Excuse me. But I do think that 
I don't disagree totally with what he's saying. Uh, today's today's studios are make what you can, big action, big special effects. Don't worry about the storyline as much as you might want to or as much as we have in the past. We want to make as much money as we can, and the way that we're going to do that is by blowing your mind with special effects and action. Um, so I think part of his comments were, were true. Um, I think the the reason that it's getting the traction that it is is because he pulled Star Trek into that conversation. I think that's probably true. Um, I haven't seen Age of Ultron yet either. So like you, I stopped reading some of those comments because I you know, want to be surprised. I mean, I often don't see movies as soon as they come out. That's just the way I roll. Yeah. I'm kind of kind of hood like that. Yeah. But um, I, I think that the thing that gave me the most pause was people giving him a hard time because of the whole Star trek comment. And I think it's important to keep in context that he's not the one that said it was too Star Trek-y. Mm-hmm. The studio, studio. said yep. it was too Star Trek-y. Which goes back to the studio's biggest thing these days is to make the action movie, make the movie with the special effects and not worry about the storyline, which is what Star Trek is all about in past incarnations of it. I'm not taking away anything from the last two movies, um, but I will say the last two movies are more about action, special effects, instead of a rooted story that is taking Gene's vision and running with it in some way, shape, or form. It seems like you know, there's this real big trend in Hollywood right now in the movies to do disaster porn of some kind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saw it, you know, a few years ago with Into Darkness and Man of Steel. And you'll see it this summer with San Andreas San and Andreas. Sure, a few other movies. And it's like, well, hey, let's destroy as much as we can. Yep. And Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla. It, it looks yeah. fabulous on screen. Don't get me wrong. But there's not a whole lot of story to that. Mm-hmm. So I... You know, I didn't want to necessarily spend a whole lot of time on this, but I, I thought it was important to at least discuss. Um, I'm still, you know, kind of eagerly awaiting what Simon brings to the table as a co-writer. Mm-hmm. Although the interesting note about this is that the studio said the, the script that was submitted by Bob Orsi and, and the two writers, uh, Payne and McKay, that, that the script was too Star Trek-y. And for those people who criticized Bob Orsi for saying Into Darkness wasn't Star Trek enough... This tells me on some level that Bob probably submitted a script that the fans would have been very, very happy with. And that's, and that's a shame that Paramount doesn't uh, want to produce that. Exactly. And that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's that's the key is, is – and we've talked about this before. It seems that the studio doesn't care about what the fans expect with Star Trek anymore. They are – unfortunately, it's the way the world works now. They're looking at the, the dollar signs. They're not looking at what we know – makes great Trek. And it's unfortunate. I'm hoping that Simon submits something that is action-packed and has a good Star Trek story. But are we going to be able to get both based on what the studio has already said? I don't know. Well, but I mean, let's be honest, too. The studio has never cared about what the fans want. Because, I mean, that was true when we got Enterprise. And that was true when then they canceled Enterprise, when it actually started getting good. It was true of all the the movies for, you know, for the Next Generation set. You know, we as fans said, well, we want, you know, movies with a bigger budget and with, you know, a bigger story. And we consistently got, you know, the the evil person of the of the year that was trying to destroy yep. something that the Enterprise crew had to stop. Yep. We've, and we've talked about that before. It seems that the last several movies, um, First Contact, I'll take out because First Contact was was probably the one of the most recent films that really stands out as being good. But you have... Um, all the subsequent ones is there's one big villain and there's one, you know, we have to stop him, like you just said. And that's not what it's about. That's not what Star Trek's about. No, it's not. It's, um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I'm sure there will be some kind of Star Trekky element to use that phrase. Um, but I don't think it's going to be what the lion's share of fans want to see in a Star Trek movie. I mean, that's just the way it is right now, unfortunately. Right. And it'll be interesting. I haven't actually heard any um, uh, audio of of him talking about it, but it'll be nice if he would do it as Scotty so we can say Star (laughs) Trekky. Well, Simon is one of those people whom I believe will be at the big convention in Las Vegas this summer. 
Yeah, and speaking of that, why don't we dovetail into our discussion on Las Vegas? Because that's one of the things we wanted to talk about today. Now, obviously, I know you've not been to the Vegas convention before, and although you won't be able to make it this year, I thought it would probably would be good if we talked about what people should expect. Um, or I can I figured at least I'd give my perspective on how I approach the Vegas convention because it is so big. And there is so much to do that it's very easy to miss a whole lot of stuff. Ah, I'm well. sorry. I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? Wow. <laughs> really? Now, now, now I got to ask you a question. Okay. Did you decide that you wanted to do this segment just to give me a hard time like you always do? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, but I mean, you figure at this point as we record this, we're just over two months away from the convention. And people, if they're not planning to go to 49, which is this year, may be planning to go to 50 next year, like you, yeah. for example. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, for some people, it's going to take a lot of planning to get to Vegas because it's going to be a huge event. So, you know, I, I thought it would be good to uh, maybe some tips, maybe some do's and don'ts. Um, you know, maybe if you're, you're looking to maximize your budget on some level, I thought it would be a good episode. All right, I can, I can, uh, I can give you that. All right, and um, I guess because you know that's a very logical, thought out response. Thank you. Thank you. Um, maybe I should just give you what I think about talking about uh, going to Las Vegas. That's uh, a, that's going to be a pretty quick discussion, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. We have been going back and forth. You've been enjoying uh, just like opening the wound and pouring uh, the salt right into it for quite a while in regards to me not being able to go to Vegas. I've been wrestling with it for a long time and the popularity of, of the show and the response that we've been getting from fans and the response that we've been getting from having guest stars on the show has been, as you know, extremely overwhelming for both of us. It's been like nothing we ever could have imagined. Um, with that being said, I've gone back and forth as to whether I could do something this summer. And I just, I just was like, God, I can't, it's, it's going to have to be next year, blah, blah, blah. Well, I finally bit the bullet, Bill. I have been in discussions with your missus and you are going to have someone sitting next to you on the flight out to Vegas, uh, in August by the name of co-host Dan Davidson. I'm going to Vegas. What? <laughs> what? I have made the reservations. I cannot give it up. I will say you're lying. Uh, I am not lying. I you're will show messing you the reservation. With me. What's that? You're messing with me. I am not messing with you. We, uh, as, as a matter of fact, you just you just talk for a second. I'm going to bring something up on my computer here, just okay. so that uh, yeah. people are aware that I am do, not do, do, messing do, 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 with do, you. Do, 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 um, do, do, do. Is, do, are, is that enough? Does this does this help? We're leaving at five thirty in the morning, the day that we're going out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're stopping. We're switching planes in Chicago. Does that ring a bell? Uh, it might. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, sir. So wait a second. You're on my flight. I am on your flight. Get out uh, of here. We will be meeting each other at the airport the day that we are heading out, or the day that you are heading out. I was going to surprise you with the airport, but I can't. I got to let you know now because we're talking about Vegas. <laughs> Are you are you really being honest about that? You're not just yes. messing with me, right? No, I'm not messing with you. And and not and and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but as you know, we talked with Vic recently and we talked about the possibility of having a little bit of uh Scottish gameplay with him, hitting the balls to the holes and and stuff like that. Um let's just say that I was the coyote standing over the cliff with the Acme uh anvil. And Vic was the road runner and came up behind me and went meep meep and I just fell right over the cliff. That's it. I'm going. So so you're saying you're really going because of Vic Mignana. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. Your words, not mine, Bill. <laughs> so you can send those selfies to someone else because I'll be getting my own set of selfies, Mr. Man. So so what you're saying is this is a Trek Geeks podcast exclusive breaking news. Breaking news. You're really going to Vegas this year? I'm going. I am going. We are going out there. Uh, what's the day? We're, that's the flight is the August 6th. 6th. Yeah. We'll be there the 6th. It's like we are going 70 to plus days away. Several days of fun and frivolity at uh, the Rio when we're at uh, all the different things, the conventions. I will probably be um, quite a super fan from time to time. No. You? Super fan 1701. 
But so, uh, at the same time, we're going to be uh, talking about Trek Geek while we're out there. we got a whole bunch of things I've got lined up that I haven't even told you about. So we're just finding this out. Where are you staying? I don't know. Where are we staying, dude? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're sta- I'm staying at the Flamingo. So you're staying with me is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that, you didn't know that yet. Surprise. So you're saying I'm going to need two queen beds. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> well, this uh, – okay then. So this totally changes the scope of this discussion for Vegas. It does. So well, – and, and actually I think this probably – this may make it a better discussion because instead of you sitting there yawning and being bored. Um, and being a jerk. Yeah. Well, well let's approach it this way. Jerk. Um, <laughs> what what do you want to know about going to Vegas? Because I've, you've been to Vegas before, but not for the convention, right? Right. I've been to Vegas once in my life before. We went out uh, several years ago, and the the big reason we wanted to get out there is I wanted to go to the Star Trek experience before it shut down. Right. Um, so we were able to – my wife and I were able to go out for a long weekend, had a great time. Vegas is, is, is different, that's for sure. Yes. Um, but uh, – yeah, I I have I've been looking at a lot of stuff since I made the well before I made the decision and since I made the decision obviously about what this is going to be like and I've been focusing primarily on the convention stuff. Um but I know that Vegas is so much more than that, but I'm I'm a little scared to tell you the truth um about this whole thing and I'm glad that I'm going to be with somebody who's been there before um to help me through it. It is you know, the first time you walk into the convention hall, and I think you've seen it on like uh, on William Shatner's you know documentary yep. "Get a Life." Yeah, but you walk into that convention hall in Rio, and it you know genuinely is enormous. First time I walk, I mean, I've been to the one at the Hilton before, and it was a decent size. But you walk into the one at the Rio, and it kind of dwarfs the space at at the old Vegas Hilton. Let me ask and, you a question. Yeah, we went to Trek Boss last summer. We did. That's probably an anthill compared to what Vegas is. Uh, yes, that's a... And and Boston was pretty good size. What do you think? It was a couple thousand maybe? Uh, maybe. I mean, they've had the Boston one in bigger spaces before. Yeah. But, um, but it really was tiny in comparison to the way okay. the, the Rio Convention Hall is. You're going to get yeah. there and you're going to go, oh my God. Yeah. It's yeah. that big. Uh, I, will, I will say that... Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up is I've been on the creation page for the convention mm-hmm. and it is, it looks like there's too much going on. Um, yeah. So how are we going to decide what we're going to see, what we're going to miss when, you know, if there's going to be conflicts of things that we want to see that we can't, I mean, it just seems that that's inevitable that that's going to happen based on what, on everything that's going on. It really is. You really kind of do have to pick and choose your battles when you go to the creation con in Vegas I um I live and die by the schedule. Now there okay. will be some people that I miss, you know, at Vegas because either I've seen them before, which is is true a lot of the times. Um, you know, or or maybe there's something else I want to see in the second track in the uh in the DeForest Kelly Theater. They've got two tracks. They've got the main track, which is the large convention hall, and they've got the secondary track, which is a smaller room. And kind of like at at other conventions. Obviously at, at Trek Boss we didn't see that, but um, ninety nine times out of the time, to- out of a hundred, I will spend most of my time in the main theater, the Gene and Major Roddenberry Theater. Okay. Um, when I'm not there, I spend copious amounts of time in the dealers' room because mm-hmm. it truly is, uh, huge. I mean, I I can't think of a of a word to, to describe how big it is without overselling it. You know, when we were in Boston, the dealers' room. That, how would you describe the dealers' room that was in at Trek Box when we were there? Small and crowded. You couldn't walk around very well. Everything was all smushed together. Um, I did. I, if there was one thing about the and the Trek convention in Boston was the first one I had been to in a long time. And if there was one thing that I was a little disappointed about, it was the dealers area. It was too condensed and didn't seem to have a very good flow to it at all. Well, I think you will be pleasantly surprised by STLV, um, the the Star Trek Las Vegas convention, because that dealers room is enormous it is several hotel ballrooms not you know at boston they were separated in different rooms it is one room where the dividers have been opened up yeah and it's like it's 
it's probably you know uh, maybe a third of the size of the main convention hall, which is gargantuan. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are dealers of every kind in there. The other thing about the Vegas dealers room is that there are you know cast members yeah. who have their own tables signing autographs the whole convention. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, that may be the thing that another thing besides Vic that really made me decide <laughs> I wanted to do this is is looking over the list of of all the people that are going to be there and they're coming up on a hundred. Um, I'm sure they're going to go over it. Right. Um, but all of these people that are going to be in the dealers room just hanging out. You know, you've told me stories about how you've walked up to certain um, uh, actors from the shows and just started a conversation with them. And they all they all love to do it. And that's especially now with the podcast. That is something that I cannot. I've got a list of of people that I want to go and and talk to and say hi to. Not so much to get them on the show. Well, to get them on the show, but not so much to do something on the show, but just to meet them because we it's just I'm I can't even describe it. So. Two summers ago, I think it was, because you know I do this trip every year, and yep. for those listening, I mean, I know a lot about Las Vegas. I mean, obviously, I've I don't I've never lived there, but as a tourist, I know a fair amount. I mean, I've been to Vegas probably a good fifteen to sixteen or seventeen times in the last decade, and that's partly because wow. for the longest time in the early two thousands, it was so cheap to go, you could you know spend under two hundred bucks on a round trip ticket on Southwest and pay under 200 bucks for the weekend at lodging if you stayed at a hotel back when they were a lot cheaper. And, you know, have a nice long weekend. So, I mean, I went probably quarterly at one point. And the thing is, I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble. I go for the entertainment. I go for the shows. I go for the uh, the food because I've turned into a huge foodie. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy to pass along whatever knowledge I can. Um, that said, you probably, before you decided to go, had a whole series of questions running through your head, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, One, so toss them at me. Let's we'll, fire them out. Yeah, we'll go through them, and maybe people <clears throat> listening to the podcast may get some value out of it. Because yep. if you've made this decision recently, perhaps others are looking at making the decision, or or mm-hmm. maybe looking to strategize to make the most of their weekend in Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, I will say it's it's certainly not as uh, inexpensive as as you mentioned, airfare's gone up a little bit, a lot. Um, but I guess what's that? It's gone up a lot. Oh, it's, yeah, it has. Um, but uh, if I were not going to be uh, rooming with my co-host uh, out there, where would I stay? What's what's the best place to stay? Because it's at the Rio. Right. Is it good to stay at the Rio? Um, the and if I'm not mistaken, the Rio was not on the Strip. Correct. And if if you do want to be on the strip to take in that Vegas thing, where am I going to stay? So I, I've never stayed at the Rio, and that's partly because it's really not my favorite hotel. I mean, Creation gets a a special rate, and I'm using special rate in air quotes because it's – I'll get to that in a minute. It's really not all that inexpensive. But I prefer to stay somewhere cheaper because it helps me maximize my budget for the weekend in Vegas. So the way I see it, I'm only going to be in my hotel room to sleep, and that's really about it. Yep. So I can stay somewhere cheaper on the Strip, and I can either catch the free shuttle at Bally's that runs to the Rio all day long, or I can take a short cab ride. And this year, given all of that, you know, I'm I'm staying at you know at at a hotel on the Strip this summer at the Flamingo, like you mentioned, and I'm saving myself three hundred bucks just by staying there. 300 bucks over what Creation would get at the discounted rate at the Rio? That's correct. That's pretty amazing. And the Flamingo, I mean, I've 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 seen pictures of it. Um I when I was when I went out to Vegas the only time I've been there I stayed at Caesars and the Flamingo was right across the street. Sure doesn't look like a dump or anything, that's for sure. It looks like a really nice place. It's not a dump, but it's also not the swankiest hotel in Vegas. I don't mm-hmm. I don't need swanky, you know? No, I can go to a swanky hotel for dinner if I really want. Yep. Um, but I'm going to be at the Flamingo primarily to crash. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, what's the point of, of spending extra money at a place that has all the glitz and glamour if you're only going to be there in the morning when you get up to get dressed and leave and when you come in after the convention to go to sleep to get up tomorrow morning to do the same thing? So if you're, you know, if you stay someplace around that area, you know, I can walk from the Flamingo over to Bally's to take the free shuttle. You know, because it runs, I think, every 20 minutes to a half an hour. I, I could have the timing on that off, but roughly about that. Yeah. Or, I mean, 
I'm going to take a, a quick shot in a cab down Flamingo Road across the highway over to the Rio. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that simple. Is I will. The, um, I remember some, they have some type of subway system over there, don't they? In Vegas? Yeah. No, they don't have a subway. They do have a monorail, or, but like it, a monorail tram thing. Yeah. It comes nowhere close to the Rio. Okay. All right. I know I was on it once when I went to the experience, but I didn't know if it was uh, anywhere near the area that we're going to be at. You know, don't you like that? Where we're going to be at? I know. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I'm still stunned. <laughs> Actually, um, you know what? I'm just kidding. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I am going. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing about that, about staying you know, off site from the Rio is that it may not be as convenient as being in the same central location as the convention, but I'm okay with that because I've just expanded my budget by 300 yeah. bucks. By a lot, yeah, you know, absolutely. That's photo opportunities, that's autographs, that's maybe something really cool I find in the dealer's room. Maybe it's a special dinner out in Vegas because Vegas has more four- and five-star restaurants than any other city in America. Yeah, that's you know, my so, next question, actually. So we'll get to that in a okay, second. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> um, there's uh, – you can't wrap your head around all the different places there are in Vegas to – to do anything, let alone a restaurant. Right. You've been out there. I didn't know you've been out there as many times as you said. That's yeah. that's quite amazing. Um, take me out to dinner. Where are we going? What are we doing, man? Well, <laughs> wherever we go, I recommend making reservations early. Most of the Vegas restaurants, including all the you know the the, the great four and five star restaurants at the hotels, you know, do reservations through Open Table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the website and the app that you can download for your iPhone or Android. And well, for our trip, for example, cause you know, I go with a bunch of buddies every summer and we play some golf and we do the Star Trek convention. Usually the first night we spend out at Gordon Ramsay steak at Paris, Las Vegas, because we do one huge outstanding five-star meal. And then we spend the rest of the weekend pretty much eating whatever we want, but right. it kicks off our trip. Yeah, and so probably within the next couple of weeks, I will look to make that reservation at Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that okay. early, because I if you don't, you run the risk of getting a reservation time at nine thirty, or yep. you know four forty five p.m. Right. Yeah, because all those prime spots will be taken. Right. Has Gordon ever been there? When you've been there, he has not. Although, um, for anybody who watches the uh, the Hell's Kitchen series on Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times I've been there where the winner of Hell's Kitchen has actually been running the pass. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love, I like Gordon. So that would be kind of cool to run into him. So <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's it, raw. It's, it's one of the, the best meals I ever have every year. Um, now actually tell, tell, uh, the listeners a little bit about that. Cause you've told me time after time about, about Ramsey's and tell us about the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first time we ever went there, you know, it was a it was a smaller group. There were probably five of us, maybe six, and they sat us downstairs. And you know, we get our drinks. You uh, you look at the drink menu on an iPad, and you tell the server what you want. And um, at some point, you know, after you've had a chance to look at the menu for a while, then they bring out this big cart, and it's got this what we like to call the wheel of meat, and it's a. <laughs> I kid you not. You can Google it. You know, Google Gordon Ramsay Wheel of Meat, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But it's this it, it's this cart that's got this, you know, uh, sort of stainless steel wheel with various pedestals on it. And on each of the pedestals is a cut of beef. And behind it, each cut of beef is a small circular mirror, so you can see the marbling on both sides. Wow. <laughs> and they bring it out, and they run you through all the various cuts of meat. And, you know, they'll answer any questions you have. They'll talk about the dry aging process that all the all the meat goes through. If you have a question about, uh, you know, the, the flavor or the toughness or, you know, uh, the chef's recommendation on any cuts or preparations of the cuts, they'll go through that with you. But uh, it's always a good time when they bring out the wheel of meat. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play. We're going to have to play the matchbook theme or the match uh, match game theme when uh, when that wheel comes out. <laughs> we will. Um <laughs> But uh, when I go, I mean, I always have the beef Wellington, and, and I keep saying maybe one of these days I'm going to have something different. But that beef Wellington, man, after having seen it on Hell's Kitchen so many times, it just melts in your mouth. Yeah, it is yeah. that good. And it's... if you go to any of the Ramsey restaurants in in Las Vegas, they all serve his famous sticky toffee pudding for dessert. If you go to Vegas, do nothing else 
make sure you go to one of those restaurants and get the sticky toffee pudding because I tell you what, it's worth it for that alone. Really? I did it, not know that. It okay. is delicious. Writing it down. It's a, it's wow. worth it. So okay. make reservations really is the is the thing. I mean, you, you can hit the buffets. The buffets are really kind of a dime a dozen. They're not cheap anymore. Yeah. I mean, yep. especially the dinner buffets. Um, but the, I mean, the buffets at all the major hotels have great food. It's not like it's yep. it's horrible. But I mean, you know, there's some great, you know, uh, J- Japanese steakhouses in Vegas. There are some great Mexican restaurants in Vegas. There's great Italian food in Vegas. There's great everything. You just have to know what you want to have. Yep. Okay. And then plan accordingly. Awesome. Now, you said that the menu is on an iPad? Uh, the drink menu, yeah. There are iPads That's at each of the cool. tables. And you wow. can look at you know photos of the drinks and, and a description and, and stuff like that. And your server will come by and take the iPad from you. Oh, all right. So you can't play like Angry Birds while you're waiting? <laughs> no, it's pretty locked down. <laughs> or Star Trek Timelines if it was out yet. Oh. Wow. <laughs> nice. You could play Star Trek Trexels. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I could. Okay, so we had dinner at Ramsey's first night. Mm-hmm. So the next day is the first day that we're going to the convention, or are we going to be going on Thursday? Uh, we probably won't make it there Thursday. Okay. Maybe right, so we Friday. will. We're going to play that day by ear. Okay, so Friday we wake up. I'm like a kid at Disney World. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> what are we doing, man? Talk to me. Well, go ahead, shoot me some info. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it's going to depend on the schedule. And unfortunately, yes. Creation doesn't release the schedule until maybe one to two weeks out from the event. Wow. So while it does, I know, it does make planning a little harder. But, um, you know, we kind of have to wait until then to know exactly what we're doing. We'll probably get there a little earlier. Because we'll probably be out of there a little earlier because I believe we're golfing that night. Right, right. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's I wish the best thing to do really is to keep an eye on their website. Okay. When you when you get there, they're going to give you a printed schedule, and I refer mm-hmm. to it constantly because it's so easy to get screwed up in remembering what is happening right. at what time. Now let me ask you this: as as we know in our discussions, and some people may not know who are listening. Not everybody who is there representing Star Trek is a representative through creation. Is that fair to say? I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. Some some aspects of some Star Trek productions are not, quote-unquote, licensed, yes. so they're not represented by creation. Right. So, for example, our favorite, Star Trek Continues, it's not an official creation piece. Is that correct? Yeah, they they won't really be participating in anything going on exactly. at, at but the convention. Be there. But uh, we've talked to several of the actors who are going to be there. I'm guessing. With that being said, go ahead. The, if the, if it's not on a schedule, is it just kind of a thing with people who are not associated with creation, quote unquote, that they they could just be there at any time? Or I, I guess I, it's I'm, I may not be explaining it in a way that's making sense. So last summer when I was there, I saw Michelle Speck just walking around the dealer's room. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's I've seen other productions like the uh, the Star Trek Renegades folks mm-hmm. have had a table in the dealer's yep. room. Yeah. Um, whether officially or unofficially, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I imagine because that they just pay for the table and I was just going to say they could just the pro- they, anybody could probably just pay for a table and set up like Axonar, for example. Right. They you know if they wanted to. Okay, I got you. You All and right, I could I'm pay following. for a table if we truly wanted. You and I could pay for a table if we truly wanted to. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Maybe for no, the 50th. No, because we wouldn't be able to do anything. We'd be stuck at the table all day. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> um, and we know people who've been stuck at their table. We'll talk yep. about that later in the show. Um, so I, you will see just about any and everything in the dealer's room, and probably more than you expected, from autographs to um, some of these productions to people who make some of these you know, amazing prop replicas. You know, Speaking to, of which, yeah. we have to figure out some kind of like uber super pose for coming out of the Guardian. Because <laughs> that's happening, man. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what you should bring with you yes. to the convention every day. Absolutely. Because it's taken me a while to realize some of this. Yep. So the first thing you want to bring is a backpack. Really? Yeah. Because we'll think about this. You're going to be in and out of the dealer's room. I know you. Yep. You're going to buy stuff. Do you want to be carrying around a bag all day? Yeah, good point. So the other thing I would do is I would get a padded envelope for photographs. Yep. 
Okay. Or, you know, something rigid, something where the photo is not going to bend. Because if you're going to do some of the photo opportunities and get the photos, um, you don't want to damage them. And right. what better place to put that envelope than in your backpack? Hey, you're something. Hey, I'm just, I'm <laughs> passing along the knowledge. What about uh, like a, like a tube and have them rolled up? Does that work too? Uh, you could, but I mean, I, I, it's probably for me, I like to keep them flat because eventually yep. they're going to wind up being displayed flat in a frame. Right. Yep. So, uh, you could roll them up, but I tend to defer to like a, a an envelope, you know, a, one of those rigid photo mailers. Right. Okay. The other thing you're going to want to bring is a phone charger. Oh, they have do they have places to charge there? Well, I mean, there are outlets all over the place, but yep. you know, there you could also bring like one of those travel phone batteries, you know, one of those sure. supercharged ones, because you know the sometimes the signal in the hall and in the dealer's room is terrible, and oh, your phone may be chewing through battery just looking for yep. signal. Yep. The other thing, yep. too, is if you're anything like me, you're going to take a lot of pictures with your phone. Mm-hmm. So it's probably better just to have that backup because, you know, you don't want to be this close to, say, oh, I don't know, Marina Sirtis. Yep. And not be able to take a photo. Right. Because that's happened to me before. <laughs> are they um, are they cool with that, with if they're standing there talking to someone where you can just, like, if you're standing off to the side, whip out your phone and take a picture of them? Um, it's kind of discretionary. I mean, okay. some of the actors at some of the tables, like we saw at Trek Boss, charge for photos at the yeah. table. Yep. And, you know, you want to try, try to always be respectful of, of the actors and of the people, you know, who, who do that. Because, yep. I mean, it's uh, – I get it. It's their image. It's their likeness. You know, I, you, know you don't want to just sort of – you know, ninja a photo and, and essentially screw them out of money. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing you probably want to do too is put some snacks in your backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a snack bar at the Rio, but I mean, it's a little overpriced. Of course. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily want to get up in the middle of something to go all the way out of the hall and then wait in line and get a bottle of water or whatever. Yeah. Um, but and you can actually have snacks in the theater. Um, yeah, I mean, you can. It's like any other hotel ballroom. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, just remember to pack out your trash. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. because nobody wants to pick it up. You know, whether you, right. you know, they have water stations all around the room. So if you happen to grab a glass of water, just throw your cup out. You know, I'll have or... my big tubes of Gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I won't. I'm let me also kidding. remind you, it's Las Vegas and it's going to be 112 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so here's the other thing, going back to staying somewhere. If you're going to stay away from the Rio and stay on the Strip, do yourself a favor. Don't walk to the Rio. Oh my! It God. may look like a close distance, but everything in Vegas looks closer because it's so big. Right. And it's going to be 112 to 115 degrees while we're there. Right. And so. in addition to that, unless it's changed, if you're walking somewhere, you're going to be inundated with those people flicking those little business cards at you the whole time. Oh, uh, the porn business flyers? Business cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was annoying. So I have a few other tips for you. Uh, I don't – are you going to dress up in any costumes while you're there or are you just sort of going for the weekend? Do I don't know, think for this one I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to have time to get something together. Um as much as I would like to, especially for those photo op opportunities like the transporter room and the guardian or anything else that they might have, I would love to do it. But you know me. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all out and do it. So I don't want to whip something up in the less than two months that we have now um, or however many months it is um, to get something half-assed. Right, so right. I don't, I don't know if I will this year. Maybe next year. Maybe you and I can collaborate and get something with, you know, electronics and special effects and all that stuff. Uh, maybe, but, you know, so since you're not cosplaying, dress for Vegas. Yeah. It's hot. Yep. So, yep. you know, you uh, I usually dress shorts, you know, mm -hmm. golf shirt, something like that. Uh, comfortable shoes, because even though it's at the convention space at the Rio, there's still a lot of walking. Yes. Whether yep. you're coming from the front door to the convention area or the back door into the convention hall, because there is a back door in the convention space. Um, so you want to do that. Um, keep keep an eye on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because you may find out about things going on at the con you had absolutely no idea about just from people mm -hmm. using the STLV hashtag. Yep. Which will be used a lot, I'm sure. Um, that happened to me a lot last year. I was like, yep. oh, oh, uh, I want to go see that. Yeah. You know, because I was on Facebook all the time. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, I'm one who, when I'm at a an event of any kind, I'm not a t-shirt type of guy. I like to have golf shirts usually. Mm -hmm. 
do we have any uh, Trek Geeks golf shirt stuff in the store by chance? <laughs> we do not. We should. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to be wearing t-shirts because it's going to be Trek Geeking everywhere, man. <laughs> Cafe Press doesn't do golf shirts. I see. And, uh, you know, maybe you and I will get a couple done up for us. Um, but what know. what better way to promote the show? <laughs> I think we're going to look like the convention. I think we're going to look like human sandwich boards while we're there with Trek Geek stuff on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you yep. see us in Vegas, we'll probably be wearing Trek Geek stuff. Stop us and say hi. Yes. Um, yeah, we'd love to meet as many of you as possible. Um, yep. Just a couple of the things before we move on from this topic, and we're going to put all these tips on the uh, on the Trek Geeks website, you know, in the episode fifteen post. So be sure to check them out. Um, the Rio is one of the Caesars properties, so do yourself a favor, go into the casino, even if you don't gamble, and sign up for the Total Rewards card. Yes, you're going to get email from them, but you can opt out. But while you're there, the Total Rewards card also gives you discounts at all of the Caesars properties. Oh, cool. So, you know, if you're at a restaurant, you may get a couple of bucks off an entree, you know, or if yep. you are in their, um, you know, the, the store to buy a bottle of water, you maybe get 50 cents off. Mm-hmm. And if you consistently use it, you're going to save some money. It may be 20 cool. or 50 bucks in the course of a day or maybe 100 bucks in the course of a weekend. And that's I mean, that's 100 bucks. Yeah, that's a, that's three or four photo opportunities. Yeah. So yeah. and keep in mind, too, that everything in Vegas is more expensive. Absolutely. From, yep. you know, bottled water to meals but- to photo ops to autographs yep. to merchandise. So if you're budgeting for this trip. You want to add a little more to your budget plan mm-hmm. um, because it is more expensive. I typically add an extra 30% or so to give yep. myself a buffer. And also because there may be something in the convention hall and the dealer's room that I really kind of geek out over and want to buy. Right. It's, it's for those for someone like you who is a Vegas uh, frequent visitor, for someone who goes to Disney as much as I do, Probably along the same lines. Yeah. Disney, everything's pricier. So if you travel to Disney a lot, folks, um, you know what Bill's talking about. So, yeah. So, like I said, we'll put all these tips on the uh, on the Trek Geeks website. Uh, if you have any questions for us, please email us at trekgeeksatstarfleet.com. We'll be happy to, to answer any of your questions we have or, you know, if you want to stalk us while we're there. I'm sure there will be a few people that want to do that. Um I'm actually hoping to meet some of our listeners, some of our frequent commenters and and people that we talk to on Facebook and stuff. That would be great. I would and love I'm to meet that there'll a lot of people be out there. I would love to meet some of our fellow geeks. And speaking of geeks, Dan, do you know what it's time for? <laughs> what a segue. That is awesome. Now I will say that this is the first time we've podcast we've put a podcast out or, or recorded it in the morning. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be on my game because obviously I'm very excited about the news we shared a little while ago. So I'm going to apologize up front just in case. Probably will do good because, you know, I am, you know, the trivia person on this show. Uh, We haven't done uh, Geek the Stump yet. So anyway, (laughs) I digress. Shoot me. Go ahead. Shoot me some info. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot me some info. Well, Dan, of course, as usual, it's time for Stump the Geek. Now, for those of you not familiar with the rules, Dan has to answer five trivia questions in one bonus. Um, he cannot use any reference material. He can't use the internet. He can't use any books. can't use any websites. No notes. He's got to rely on the information stored in his cranium to answer these questions. He can't phone a friend. He can't ask me for help. Um, and all these questions have... Ran- that would be fortuitous, wouldn't it? It would be. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> all these questions have random point values, as assigned by me. And I just sort of make these up on the spot, so there's no rhyme or reason to them. Um, so with that, we will get started. And uh, Dan, we will start off with question one. Good one to, good one to start with. Uh, I like starting at the beginning. I think it's helpful. <laughs> and question one, in Star Trek Voyager, the same line is spoken by the same character at the end of the pilot, Caretaker, and also at the end of the series finale, Endgame. What okay. is the line, and who speaks it? It's spoken by um, Catherine Janeway. Okay. 
And it is set a course for home. Wow. Really? Really? Is that your is that your final answer? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Thank uh, you. The God, line is set a course. You do that. You put that little tiny little little oh crap moment, and I hate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's just part of the value I add to this show. How many points was that for? Oh, thank you for uh, that. Was for thirty-five points. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Polyxenothymia jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're going to call me a jerk, let's move on to question two. All right. <laughs> so, Dan, in TNG's Up the Long Ladder, what was the name of the colony discovered by the Enterprise? Up the Long Ladder. Colony discovered by the Enterprise. Can I ask one clarifying question on that? We'll see. Oh, and by the way, this is for 37,100 points. Season. What season is that? Um, oh, man. That's a tough one. That's a season. That's season two, isn't it? Season one or season two. I'm not very good with those because they weren't very well done. Ooh. <laughs> Um, let me ask you that. Let me ask a clarifying question because is that not the episode that has the guy who played Joaquin from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? Is that the same? Am I thinking the right episode? No, you're not. Uh, okay. That's the farm episode or something, isn't it? Uh, I don't. I. I'm I I may have to pass on this one because I'm not. It's not coming to me because uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking that though that episode with the guy from Star Trek Two is the one where they had the the drugs or something and uh, yeah, there was a symbiosis. I think it was that. Yeah, one. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to not say anything for this one. I can't think of it. Gonna pass. Uh, the answer was Mariposa, the Mariposa Colony. Yeah, Named after the ship Mariposa. The SS Mariposa, wasn't it? Yeah. Damn it. it. I got the SS right. Well, Dan, you were frozen at 35 points. Right. Not your best showing. But uh, <laughs> the good news is last time you went four out of five. Before that, you went five out of five. So you could still pull this out. Right. So we're going to move on to question three. Question three. For 1,377,422 points, which are digits I just selected off the top of my head. Okay. In the original series episode of Private Little War, how was it established that Kirk and Tyree had met previously? Oh, that's a good episode. Um, he was... I'll say lieutenant? Uh... It was an expedition of some kind. Um, it was like a first... I don't want to say a first contact mission. That might not be right. Um, so let me think for a second. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be... If it's not specific enough, but Kirk was a... Was he a lieutenant or was he still a cadet? I think he was a cadet. And he was on an away mission and met him and became friends with him. I don't know if you need to be more specific than that. Uh, I'm going to take that. Um, that good? You had all of the parts of it for the most part. Uh, Kirk was a lieutenant. He was a lieutenant? Okay. He was leading his first planetary survey to the Neural and became a friend of Tyree's. So that is, for all intents and purposes, correct. Okay. So congratulations. Hey, after the second question bomb, I, I guess I'll take what I can get. So that leaves you with right now 1,377,457 points. <laughs> As we move on to question four. For, let's see, what's a good matter here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For 74,205 points. 
Yeah, I, I see know. the smile. <laughs> I know. I hear you. In TNG's Face of the Enemy, who was Deanna Troy masquerading as? She's a Romulan. And I'm looking for the name. name. She was a member of the Tal Shiar. Uh, oh, man. I can see it. I love when she pointed to her pips on the collar. Um. <sighs> that should be an easy one. Um, not a pro console. Um, oh, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Stand by. It's coming to me. Very slowly, um, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not a pro console. It's, she was a major... The only way I can think of it is to try to think of her voice when she says it. Ru- Ruble? Rubal? No, hold on. Uh, Major. Okay, Navek was the guy, and he was funny looking. I always remember that. <laughs> You're funny looking. Major. <laughs> um, Major. Recor? Recall. Major. Major Recall? Oh, my God. That was is a, that it? That was a major pulling it out of your butt is what that was. Yes, that was in, a hard one. In oh fact, Deanna was masquerading as Major Recall of the Tal Shiar in That's a the great face of the episode. enemy. I really like that one. <laughs> uh, I can tell. Not just because I got it right, but I really do like that episode. That was good. That was a good episode. So, Dan, presently you were looking at, uh, having gotten that question, you are now three for four, by the way. You have 1,451,762 points. That's a lot of points. Coming into question five. Can that go on my rewards card at Caesars? No. Okay. (laughs) If it could, we're staying at a suite, baby. (laughs) I still can't believe you're going. Holy crap. Yeah, man. Oh, man. I've been just waiting to tell you it's awesome. I hate you. Uh, (laughs) So, uh. The final question of the the normal round before we get to the bonus. This is question five. For seven points. Uh. (laughs) Wow. What was the name of the military operation designed to rescue Kirk and McCoy from their Klingon captors in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country? Name of the operation. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what's funny? What's up? I was just watching this part of the movie just a couple days ago because I wanted to. Um, oh, it was when I was giving you a hard time. What is it with you, anyway? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um. Oh boy, that's stop stalling. A, I'm I'm <laughs> trying to think. I don't want. I can't just think with dead air because that's bad for the pod for the podcast so i gotta talk and that even confuses me more well thank god we got the music playing behind you because oh, that's be really okay, interesting. quiet then um <sighs> wow i thought you'd rattle this one right off do they actually say it they do Operation Retrieve. That's where. That's right. That's right. I had to think about when they said it. That is correct. In Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered yep. Country, uh, Rene Aubergenois, yep. as Colonel yep. West, yep. describes that Operation Retrieve will cl- clean their chronometers. Chronometers for them. Then, sir, will I can't do it. My cold. I cannot do Rene, but I could probably sing the uh, Chef from Little Mermaid if you wanted me to. <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, <laughs> So, Dan, you are four for five. You have tied your worst record. and Actually, you haven't. Is that my worst record? No, your worst record, I think, was the very first one. Where I think you, I did, yeah, yeah, three or two. Three, or three for like five that. or something like that. But currently, you are sitting at 1,451,769 points coming into the bonus. I like that. The double or nothing bonus. So, Dan, you are like, risking like it all. <laughs> yep, I am risking it all. Um, the bonus is a little different. I will ask you to name um, a series of things, oh, a smaller subset of a list. So you don't have to get all of them. But okay. it's probably best if we give you the appropriate music with which to do this. 
<laughs> Obviously, uh, Vaughn Armstrong oh boy. holds the distinction of having played the most number of characters throughout Star Trek. Yep. Name one of the characters he's played from each of the four Star Trek oh spinoffs. God. Now, keep in mind, there are 12 total. I'm asking you to name four. All right. And I have to get names? Um, when he has them, yeah. All right, because I know that, of course, he's um, the Admiral in Enterprise. Um, I was going to say Admiral Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. I know that he was um, Commander Chorus on first season episode of Next Generation with the Klingons when they actually called the home planet Kling, which That's correct. always bothered me. Um, he was Gull. He was a Cardassian in Deep Space Nine. Um, Gull, Gull Dinar, I That's believe. That's correct. That's um, two. Oh, I'm sorry, Admiral. Did I did I say after I said Admiral Janeway? Did I say Admiral Forrest? I don't you know did if I not. said that or not yet. Okay, that is three. You've got one more to go. I know that he was a Herogen too in Voyager, but I don't know what his name was. Uh, uh, I don't know if he had a name of what his name was. I know he's a, I know he's played a Herogen. I just don't know if the name is one that was given. We're going to accept that, Dan. You get the bonus. <laughs> and you, in fact, win Stump the Geek today with 2,903,438 points. Nice. Let's run down the characters of Von Armstrong. The you great said he's got 12? Von Armstrong. Yeah, actually, if you count um, Mirror Forest as Memory oh, okay. Alpha does, it's 12. I would have allowed that. But uh, running through the list, there's Maxwell Forest, both Prime and, and Mirror. Yep. There's the. Critas, uh, the Critassian captain, Critassian, sorry, on Enterprise. There's a Klingon captain on Enterprise. Characters that didn't have a name. Okay. On Voyager, there's Telek Ramor, the Romulan in uh, Eye of the Needle. Yep. There's oh uh, yeah, that's a good yep. Oh, that's right, that was him. Yep. I forgot that was him. Yep. There's uh, yep. he also played uh, Lansor slash Two of Nine after yep. after assimilation or before. Yep. Which, a Vidian yep. captain. He played the Alpha Herogen, which we gave okay. you credit for. Herogen. He played yep. Korath, another Klingon. Korath. On Deep Space Nine, he was Goldenar, and he was also... Oh, hold on. Hold on a second. Korath, that was... He was the... At the in the final episode of Voyager, correct? Uh, that was I, who, we, who Admiral Janeway was trying to get the uh, uh, equipment from, and he, and he said no. Uh, keep in mind, I've not seen all of Voyager, so I'm going to rely on your memory for that. You didn't see the final episode? I did, but I saw it when it aired, and I haven't seen oh, it okay. since. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm thinking that's who it was. Okay. Uh, so Deep Space Nine, Goldenar, and Seskal, or Seskal, however you want to Seskel. pronounce that. Seskal, yep. Yep. And on Next Generation, he was Captain Chorus. So, Dan, you're the nice. big winner today. I like Vaughn. Is he going to be out there? Uh, Vaughn's always out there. Oh, nice. He's, a, he's Actually, such a fantastic guy, too. He is. Um, um, and in the interviews I've seen, he is. But um, we'll save it for a few minutes, but um, you're – Last question makes me think of something for uh, that we'll need to announce here shortly in regards to f future Trek Geeks podcast. Well, um, speaking of future Trek Geeks podcasts, um, why don't you tell the good people how to get in touch with us so we can bring this one to a close? I would be happy to do that. As always, we have several ways for everybody to get in touch with us, and we please send in send in messages any way you can. We love to hear from you guys um, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype. Our handle is Trek Geeks. Um, and you can send us an email if you want at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail, which we have actually gotten some voicemail recently. And that number is 508-784-1701. Um, if you're on Twitter and you want to send us messages individually, uh, and or you can just do it at Trek Geeks. That's fine, too. But uh, Bill's handle is at trekgeekbill. And my handle is at dcdds9. Um, just keep in mind that any comments or messages you leave will be used by us in a future episode. Uh, and keep them coming, folks. We'd love to hear from you. We sure do. And if you would also be so kind, if you download the show on iTunes, if you'd be so kind as to go in and give us a, a download rating and review, we truly would appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast because it kicks it up in the iTunes store. 
um, for for display, and it'll help more people discover the show so we can keep doing more of these because I have a great time doing it, and I'm sure you do too, Dan. I do, and um, uh, I would is – is this a good time to uh, tell everybody to keep an eye out for our new album cover on iTunes? Um, sure, if you want to. Okay. <laughs> I think you yeah, just did. Doing some, yeah, I did. I, you know, we just love throwing things out for people. We've been playing with the the uh, with the album cover. We wanted to, you know, jazz it up a little bit. Have more human pictures of Dan. Maybe is the best way to put it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna have something out there very shortly. It's really nice. Uh, uh, both Bill and I are happy with how things came out, and you should see that fairly soon. Speaking of how things came out, Dan, why don't you tell us? Who we're going to be talking to next week? Yeah, next week we have a we have a different guest on, but um, just because it's a different guest than normal doesn't mean it isn't um, going to be a blast to talk to John Champion, who is one of the co-host co-hosts of uh, Mission Log, yeah, uh, the, uh, the number one rated podcast uh, based on inter- on articles that we have read. Um, he is they've got they've got amazing uh uh shows over there and we are very happy to uh, get a fellow podcaster on the air as a guest on our show we can't wait to uh to get that out there it promises to be a great episode and um we can't wait for you all to hear it next weekend um but for now that brings to a close this episode 15 of the trek geeks podcast as usual we'd like to thank our friends at five-year mission who right now we're just going through their own Kickstarter to finish their Spock's Brain album. They've brain blew- and Brain. What is Brain? <laughs> I knew you were going to say gotta that. That's got to be a title track. Got to be. They blew through the initial goal in about 90 minutes, and they've already hit, I think, their second stretch goal. Um, yep. We'll have a link to their Kickstarter in the post for this podcast. So please, if you can, please go support them and help them out um, as we have done. They are fantastic, and we thank them every week for letting us use their music. Um, all original songs based on classic Star Trek episodes. You can find them online at 5yearmission.net. But for now, uh, we will talk to you all next time, and we truly thank you for being here. Um, live long and prosper. Everyone, have a great week. We will talk to you next week. And as Bill said, live long and prosper. Welcome to this episode of the Trek Geeks podcast on NPR. I'm uh, Bill Smith, and joining me, as he is always, is my good friend, Daniel Davidson. Hi, this is Ron Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's going to get us kicked off our pledge drive. Sorry about that. Dan, welcome to the podcast today. How are you? Uh, well, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I'll tell you what, though. This is the first time that we've actually done a morning podcast, and and I just got to say, thank God for coffee and a giant Trek Geeks mug. That sounds delightful. What uh, What is the best part about your coffee this morning? The best part of the coffee... Ah, is that it's coconut. <laughs> I love coconut coffee. <laughs> Everybody say it, huh? Coconut. <laughs> coconut coffee. <laughs> Sing it down, huh? <laughs> okay, thank you. That was so, just a coffee kicking in. <laughs> if I'm to understand... Your coffee has coconut in it. It does have coconut. I am one of those people that does not like regular flavored things. That's wonderful. I'm this morning drinking myself a... You're drinking yourself? If you'd allow me to finish, Dan, I think you'd understand what I'm trying to say. I'm drinking a brown sugar crumble donut coffee, which is iced. And it's a Green Mountain coffee flavor. It's quite delightful, and it's not too busy or precocious on the palate. 
Could you repeat the name of that coffee? That sounded quite delectable. It's a brown sugar crumble donut coffee. Brown sugar? I would probably just like to try a brown sugar crumble donut, let alone have it as a coffee flavor. Well, I could, Dan, but all I have is the coffee. I don't know if I've ever seen a brown sugar crumble donut before. Then why don't you try Googling it, you pretentious jerk? Coconut! <laughs> Everybody say, oh, <laughs> these, these outtakes just make themselves. <laughs> they do. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that would be, um, the title of the music that you're listening to right now is The Money Shot. 70s porn sounds. <laughs> and I ain't kidding. Check it. YouTube. Coconut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have no response to that. Okay. Oh, that's a good I way really to start don't. the morning. And then. <laughs> <laughs>